All right, hello everyone. Welcome back to another rendition of Movie Anatomy, where today we're going to be reviewing the film Yesterday. And before we begin, you can listen to us on iTunes at Movie Anatomy, at Spotify at Movie Anatomy, or at YouTube at our channel Movie Anatomy. Yeah, we're getting really official here. We got the new setup. Yeah, new microphone. I just keep thinking about like YouTube videos where like they get like a new set, but like in this you, you can't see. So like yeah, you don't know that we have this new microphone, but. We have a new microphone here. And there's like a, a, a bowl of pretzels in front of me, and I really want to eat them, but it's just going to be me crunching the microphone, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to like back up. You can like back up if you want. Nah, it's okay. I'm just going to be self-conscious. All right, so, yes, was it yesterday we saw the movie yesterday? Or was it? No. When did we see it? Okay. Um, Sunday, so <clears throat> two days ago. Yeah, it be Sunday now. So that's the film was directed by, I don't remember the guy's name. I know he directed 127 Hours. The director of yeah. yesterday? Really? Yeah. I forget his name. Yeah? So it stars... Danny Boyle is the director. Danny name. Boyle is directing it. stars... I cannot pronounce this guy's name. Um, Him Himish? Is that what it is? Yeah, we're sorry if we're butchering the name. Himish, because it's like his... It's his film debut. Himish Patel, I think. Is Himish Patel and Lily James. Yeah, so this is, um, to recap, if you don't know about the premise of this movie, it's about this struggling musician who gets hit by a bus, and he's the only one who can remember um, the Beatles and their music. So it's kind of a building success story to him, becoming wildly successful with the Beatles music. I was, like, happy with um, how the, kind of the whole premise, like, when we saw the trailer, we were both, like, interested. I sent it to you um, on Twitter, but... I was just intrigued by the whole, like, oh, he, like, loses, or, like, everyone else can't remember them. But the way they did it, I thought was good. So, like, um, he's riding his bike at night, and he gets hit by a bus, but also at the same time, there's, like, a, a worldwide power outage. And, like, you know, maybe that's not completely realistic, but I feel like it's, you kind of just have to suspend your disbelief and kind of go with it. And I think once you accept that, the movie's really good. Um, so that's kind of I kind of agree with that. When for you first saw the trailer, uh, for me personally though, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, this looks really cool, really cool idea. Yeah. And then, but if you start thinking about it too much, you see like the holes in the logic there. Like, uh -huh. I don't think contemporary music would really exist without the Beatles. There's so much things right. they impacted because they're such a wide variety group. They pretty much made rock and roll completely mainstream. Um, they got into a lot of different types of genres when making their early types of music. Right, like they yeah. do some like indie rock, like some uh, old Indian music from like. India, because there's also the British Indian connection, mm -hmm. so they kind of grew up with that sort of music around them too. You have like they start doing like hardline rock. They could do like pop, like the '40s and '50s when it was on basic radio stations. Right. So all of that could really combine to make their music, and it's so um, reminiscent, popular now. Like people will know the Beatles songs, Beatles music. I, I don't know. Like I, thought, I think they did a good a good job like addressing that mm -hmm. though, because in the movie when he even after that happens and he's the only one that remembers the, the Beatles exist, like. He's not just immediately successful. I thought that the movie, it kind of broke a lot of the, like, cliches that I thought it was just going to go. Because I thought this was going to be, like, a fun movie and just, like, an interesting concept, but it was going to be pretty, like, stereotypical, kind of know what's going to happen. Um, but, like, when he's first, when he first learns about that, like, he's not successful as a musician. Because he's been, like, writing songs for years and not had any success. What is it, like, 10 years, I think? Yeah. And... But even after that, he's still playing in, like, the same places, and people don't really care. Um, yeah. I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, wow, it's kind of lucky that this one guy in the world who knows the Beatles 
is a musician who right, knows like, yeah but i rationalize it being like one this is like a f- this could never actually happen well, so. yeah like i said i think you just kind of have to accept but it. also they kind of um covered up for that by the fact that two uh two other people in the movie a uh, older british woman and an older russian man they also mm-hmm. remember the beatles but they just they can't sing very well i really enjoyed that like that just like element of the story this yeah. is we're just gonna do spoilers um this but okay, spoiler spoiler alert the, but we uh, already kind of started yeah the uh so in the in the trailer they kind of set up how um they kind of build tension with like oh is he really the only one that that knows about the beatles is do people other people know he's like not lying but that he's using their songs and he didn't write them and they they set up through the whole movie that these two people like jackson said um uh also know about the beatles or at least know something about what happened and a really good scene in the movie they end up going to one of his uh, concerts one of the really big concerts his like was it his album release I think yeah he plays it at the pier which <coughs> I think was the site of um, the Beatles first like big thing in America right where the, Be- where the uh, British invasion started um, and so they go into like his dressing room and it's really it's like really tense and he's really scared because he I also like how they kind of show his like guilt with yeah the there's whole a thing because there's an earlier scene where he said he's going on the James Corden show, uh-huh. and he goes on and like there he goes on it, and he says there's two men who know about who have say they right, used yeah, all their songs, and, and they do a really cool shot where it's just their feet coming out of mm-hmm. this back, and it's like the shoes that they're wearing in Abbey Road, where yeah. Paul McCartney's not wearing any shoes, and uh, Ringo Starr is wearing the all black shoes. Oh really? I didn't yeah. even notice that. That's cool. Yeah, that's something I because I I listened to some Beatles before. I just want oh, to get okay. to the movie. And that's a really nice detail that I appreciate. Like you can tell they did their research yeah, in those Beatles songs. Oh, but so anyway, in yeah. that in that scene with the, the, the that is a the dream sequence. People. It's not yes, actually real. The, the, Corden. Yeah, that's not real. But yeah, the scene but yeah that, that, that builds the guilt and yeah. that he's like experiencing. Um, but anyway, so later when he, they're in his dressing room, you think it's gonna be they're gonna chew him out or they're gonna like threaten him or whatever. They turn out they're like both really sweet. They both don't know each other. They're both completely yeah. They're one's from different parts of the British, world. one's from Russia. Um, we see the Russian guy earlier when it's like his first big show. Yeah, he's opening for Ed Sheeran in Russia. Right. He plays uh, back in the USSR, kind of a fitting song. And yeah, that's where <laughs> we first see him. You c- they kind of under make it obvious that something's different about this guy based yeah. on how the camera focuses on him. So you get little little seeds of what was going to happen later. I just really liked, again, this was just like a cliche that it kind of broke that, oh, there was going to be, the main character is going to have this this struggle or whatever with, like, whatever new ability he gained. or um, and But they were very, like, accepting, and they were like, I'm really glad that the Beatles' music continues to, like, live on. I don't know, I think that was just, like, a, also just kind of a good message that I didn't really expect. Um, okay. So and, like, like and, a- and the conflict in the movie wasn't based on that. That's not what I wanted, like, yeah. him to have to go through. So we can kind of just give like a whole general plot run through of the movie, I guess. Okay. So. Yeah. So, opening is what he it's, you see him it, at. It's him being a really bad musician, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I like that he wasn't like amazing. Like he, like he was a. He's good, definitely good. He's he like, sings all good the Beatles singer. songs very well. He's a, he's a good singer, but he's not like. You know, he's he's not Ed Sheeran. That type, you know, no. he's not, and that's kind of, they, they kind of touch on that too because they, you understand that like the image is such an important part of like being famous, and he's just not what he doesn't seem like a traditional rock star or like, or like a wants, you know? even like a folk or alternative star. He doesn't really yeah, look he, like that. I mean, he's, he doesn't look of a I mean, he's not like person. super in shape, like he's not no. you know big, but like 
I mean, he's, he's what is he Middle Eastern? That's his he's Middle Eastern. I think he's I think he's Indian. Um, and you know, he just wears like decently normal clothes, like just plays in these like, you know, not horrible places. But he plays at a couple like festivals, but he doesn't really have much of an audience. No, he like, goes like there's a kid's birthday party. He plays in, like like uh-huh. a local pub. Yeah, so, and yeah. clearly, like, his group of friends is very, like, supportive, so, which yeah, is nice. I like the most that Lily James, who is a good actress, mm-hmm. a really good actress. Yeah, I really I like her. She's not just the, the supportive girlfriend. She's his manager. Yeah. And they're not, they're clearly, like, not dating, but you can feel that they do have good there, chemistry. There's, like, something there. Yeah, right? but they're not, like, dating, and, like, he gets, there's the cliche, again, of him getting, like, really successful and, like, ditching her. It's, they kind of do that, but they put a different twist on it. Yeah. It's not the traditional supportive girlfriend guy gets very successful and popular and and it was just like I didn't want like they didn't start out together but when they didn't start out together I was like oh okay they're gonna get together at the end and and they kind of do but it's like I said it's a different route so and that's what I like about this movie it was just very like refreshing and the concept and just how they got to the end was just very different than what I expected which is what I really like so so uh, Pato plays Jack Malik, and so after like the failed festival, because they get him a spot like this popular music festival, mm-hmm. Lily James gets him a tent, but yeah, there really no one shows up, and he's like he he's had enough, he gives up. Yeah. So we see like a nice little flashback in the car. They talk about how they first met, and they first got together. Uh, he played at uh, the Battle of the Bands when he was back in elementary school. Yeah. Yeah, probably the same one that Jack Black played at. That's <laughs> in school. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so he says that he's kind of given up. He might go back to teaching. And she's also a teacher, and she says, don't go back to teaching. This is what you really love. But mm-hmm. it's just so many failures for him, and we see, like, some... Early on, we see some of the clips of him being not very successful. Like, we kind of understand why, at this point, he's ready to just give it up. He gets an offer to be a full-time job. It's, like, job like, this Walmart-type place, pretty much. Yeah, he's, like, he does, like, inventory. Yeah. Um, just kind of mows around and, like, a little forklift and, like, sings songs to himself most of the day, so. So then he gets hit by the bus, so she drops him off where his bike is after the tent, the music festival, and the blackout happens, as you said, and he gets hit by the bus. Uh-huh. And so he wakes up, he's in the hospital, he's missing two teeth, and no one remembers the Beatles, because he makes, like, a few references. He makes one reference to one of their songs when Lily James comes to visit him. Um, You'll be taking care of me when I'm 64, which I actually didn't know was the name of a Beatles song until I looked at it after kind of the the awe of like hearing that like even though obviously like you know the Beatles exist it's kind of different to hear it from somebody else and you know that these are the first people hearing it even though their reaction I mean they they do have a very like wow like how have you not played so well written songs yeah um right so. so that's yeah that's kind of the movie kicks off and then gets gets like a small agent then he goes through reality public TV show. He gets screwed by Ed Sheeran. We said they go to Russia. He shows off his songwriting skills. They do a little game where he said, come write a song in 15 minutes. And he plays Let It Be because he knows all of them. I liked how he doesn't know all the Beatles songs by heart. Because that'd be w- yeah, extremely no, again, realistic. That, that was something I like really, really, really liked. The main one he struggles, he can't remember Eleanor Rigby. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I don't know the words no, of the song. But I, I liked how they show him multiple times, not just like a big montage in one spot, that it's, he, they have so many songs, like, and I mean, it would be different if he remembered like the really famous ones, but there, there are just so many, and like you said, him being a musician obviously helps, but I like how it was actually like 
a struggle for him to remember. And then later in the movie, when he's even more successful, he's like, wait a minute, eventually I'm gonna run out of songs, you know? So then he kind of goes back to like the different places where the Beatles yeah. um, were and kind of tries to jog his memory. And so. go back to what, Liverpool? Manchester, which uh, one of those British cities? What about it? He goes to like what is it? Manchester, Liverpool. He goes to Liverpool because that's Liverpool. where Ellen Johnis was. I mean, not Ellen John. Like, I'm <laughs> John Lennon. Rocket Man. No, um, <laughs> John Lennon. That's where John Lennon yeah. is supposed to be from. So you see, Strawberry Field, Penny Lane, and Ellen, the Grave of Eleanor Rigby all right. Yeah, influences on Beatles songs. Um, he sees Ellie there, doesn't he? And they like because he went to L.A earlier to become a musician he meets with Ellie and they have and they have like a a date but like they can't she says that like he's never she says she's never felt loved by him that's why they can't really so this is kind of the one part in the movie where it kind of goes away we both kind of talked about how we didn't really not that we didn't like it just we didn't understand like the character moment because she says like there's like we said there's clearly this like there's chemistry between them and you know maybe they'll get together or whatever so in the one part where you know, they think it might happen. This is after he's been very successful. Um, she kind of reveals that she's always like loved him, but like, and she she says this line that I just I wasn't really sure about. She says like you've had what fifteen years to make your move or something. I don't really get why she can't like make if if you're that interested in a person that you're like really close with, you can't just expect them to like know. I mean, clearly like <clears throat> they like each other and they spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Is that really on him? I don't know. It it's just, that's like that, a, just, that just doesn't really make sense. To me. That's a cliche for this type of movie. It's still, it's still a rom. But, it, but it's it, still a rom. But it's but it's funny because it's like breaking a cliche with another cliche because the cliche would be like they just get together at the end and then it's all you know happy or whatever. But and I mean they do get together at the end, but just in a different way. So yeah, I kind of agree with that. There's because there was an earlier scene where I thought that they kind of did the same thing, but it was a bit better because he's going through all the different words of the Beatles songs that he can't really remember. And, like, he has different columns of, like, what, friends, and, like, going through the type of different Oh, songs. right. And, like, mm-hmm. her name isn't on the, uh, like, the love column, mm-hmm. and she asks him yeah. why. She's, like, all in tears. And uh-huh. I thought that was, like, a much better way of doing that. Yeah. Because it kind of t- had the same message. The one thing, too, like, they do have scenes where they, like, reporters and different people ask him, well, like, where are you getting, like, inspiration for these songs? And he's like, I don't know, and it's kind of a funny, funny thing. Like, eventually, they would, like, keep asking, and, like, like all these things that he's singing about, he's never experienced, really, you know? Yeah, but, that's so, I mean, some of them are more ambiguous, but they're, like, very specific things where, like, you know, yeah. it doesn't really make sense, but... Yeah, like, when Ed Sheeran asked him how he got the inspiration for Hey Jude. Yeah. And, like, he forgets halfway of what the Beatles story is uh-huh. for Freddie Yeah, hey he's Jude. like, oh, it's about a kid named Jude, and he was yeah. really sad, and I don't know, it was just, that was funny, but... Then... A scene that was kind of weird to me, they're doing the uh, the album cover reveal mm. in the boardroom. Right, yeah, with all the executives. So, yeah, because he pitched all the different Beatles albums. The White uh-huh. Album, Sgt. Pepper's Only, Hearts Club Bands, yeah. Abbey Road, but uh-huh. with nobody there. Abbey Road. It was just like The Road. Yeah. Yeah, and all those got rejected. And then, it's kind of a dumb nitpick, but... What? He goes through all the talk shows and he says Thursday Night Live. What? Wait, what? He says you're gonna go all like Fallon, Kimmel, and like after they announce that's the not one a, man only that's album. That's not in the scene though. Yeah, it is. Oh, I, oh, I thought you were saying you didn't like the album covers. No, I didn't. No, I didn't like the scene. I didn't. 
a weird nitpick is that they, it's Thursday Night Live. Oh, I, was, I see. Uh, I thought kind you were of saying, a, like, the scene, you know. Like, no, like I like the how they played that out. I like it. Because it's, like, it's, it's a modern age. You can't right, use yeah, the same that, album ideas what, like from the 70s. That's just what I was going to say. Is yeah. that they have to, it's a completely different age with, like, social yeah. media and everything. That, um, yeah, but that nitpick, I because they did some, not just the Beatles don't exist. Yeah. Coca-Cola does not exist. Also, how is that a nitpick? Like, you can't say it's Saturday Night Live. Like, that's probably true. Yeah. Like, the, you can trademark, like, phrases like that. But, like, it doesn't, like, stuff is just missing. Like, Coke doesn't exist, cigarettes don't exist, but instead of Saturday Night Live, it's just Thursday Night Live. I don't know. Well, maybe, I, I didn't think that was because of the blackout. I thought that was just because they couldn't use the word Saturday. It's uh, more what it is. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't mind the other stuff that they took out, like... Uh, him, them randomly not having it like Coke doesn't exist that one was fun I enjoyed I that thought one. that was funny because it was like a reoccurring joke Because it saw, just doesn't yeah. really have an explanation like one hotel there's just a Pepsi machine sitting out there and like he yeah. all they have is Pepsi there's no Coke I was, it's kind of a fun running gag again yeah, you're not it, supposed to take this so literally like this can't happen and I, mean, and I mean in the situation like we were saying where this is just so unrealistic they can really do whatever they want like they could have like just all these very random miscellaneous on unrelated things be you know gone from like whatever the situation they're in so um no but yeah i really like this movie it was yes. very refreshing so is the right word. did you enjoy the scene where he meets with old john lennon i did i thought i i wasn't sure when they when they started I, it yeah um because I, I actually didn't realize kind of what was happening and he opened the door and i was like oh um because the the oh the two people who uh, enjoyed the Beatles songs and like were saying they were happy they like continue to live on they gave him the address right for yeah John in the dressing room after his performance on the, um on the I didn't think it was like disrespectful or anything I don't know it seemed like fairly like wholesome I don't know it 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 was more that uh what's his name Jack Malik's like character because of like the guilt he was feeling and stuff after meeting with the two people kind of the John Lennon thing kind of solidified like this is I'm like supposed to be doing this and it isn't like I'm not I'm not like a bad person you know no I agree with you that the scene itself was good uh-huh. it could be interpreted as disrespectful based on this person is dead yeah and like I'm sure some people say you couldn't go to like Paul McCartney or Ringo Starr because they're still alive maybe it's just like yeah. I could I could I didn't have a problem with it. I could see how people would have a problem with it. Maybe they Because use... he's being played... It's a dead person play, being yeah. played by another actor. Maybe they used, like... The, they were trying to use kind of John Lennon's whole, like, demeanor of, like... The stuff he said about, like, did you have... Because he asked him, did you have a good life to John uh-huh. Lennon? He said yes. And the stuff he says is stuff, like, that John Lennon actually, like... I feel like... Had, right, like, stuff he, he felt believed proud of. and, yes. like, actually, like... Fought for the woman fought, he loved, Yoko yeah. Ono. And yeah. that's why I feel like they used John Lennon, because he's, like, the easiest, like... Very, very, He's the most very, iconic very Beatle. Clearly, like, of what the messages they were trying to go for, I think he really embodied them. So it was, it, it made a lot of sense for him to be the person that he meets. You know, um, I I hadn't really thought of it as like being a. I don't, I don't think it took anything away. How about that? Um, yeah. So, yeah. But. Yeah, and so at the end he. Plays that he asks Ed Sheeran for a favor. He goes to play Wembley Stadium. He confesses that he made up all the music. Mm-hmm. I like that. I I didn't want it to end with everything going back to the way it was, you know, because that's also just like a, a cliche. Yeah, so I guess this timeline is still continuing. Like it, it's gonna be weird. He'll remember everything that happened. Like 
that did happen originally. Now it's all different. Oh, before like yeah. The, but again, the you're not supposed to take this very seriously. It's not like a very serious premise. It's still it's, it's still a rom com. I don't know if it's like take it seriously. It's more just that it's, like you're not supposed you, to take you, you understand this timeline timeline and all that. You're not supposed yeah. to take that seriously. Um, I, I also liked how Ed Sheeran was in the movie. I, in the, when it was released that he was going to be in it, I didn't really know what kind of character he was going to play. I thought it was going to be just going to be more like cameo, like, oh, it's Ed Sheeran, yay. But it actually made a lot of sense with because he discovers Jack in, in Suffolk, which is actually where Ed Sheeran is from. So he's like, oh, I live in the area. Like, I saw your cover of, um, of In My Life on the, like, the little talk show. And that's kind of how he like rises to fame. And like that made a lot more sense than him just like, being in like a random coffee shop. I mean, that like kind of happens, but not like he doesn't go from zero into one. Oh, huge big shot agent. It's not in the birthday. right. It's not, it's not in the birthday party. That he's yeah, no. At. I mean, I feel like that's yeah. It's weird. I feel like I keep re- reiterating this, but for how just different of a concept this is, I feel like they go about it with very realistic means. If that makes sense, like everything that happens within the situation they created, like makes sense and isn't like out of the ordinary, even though what they started with is kind of a, a you know, a, an extraordinary circumstance, so. Yeah, I also really like to use Ed Sheeran. He's kind of like LeBron in Trainwreck, honestly. <laughs> the way they use him to... Is that, a, is that even a comparison? I like, mean, kind of. Well, like, it's, like, you'd think they'd be a cameo, but they're actually important, like, into driving the story. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm I like the whole thing with, like, Ed Sheeran being, like, weirdly competitive. Yes, I like that, like, too. About, like, that he's just actually better than Ed Sheeran at songwriting. Um, I don't know, that kind of changes, like, Ed Sheeran's whole, like, career. Like, the his, Jack's, like, manager, like, later is like, oh, yeah, Ed Sheeran just, like, wrote a couple songs. He was basically just, like, he's like John the Baptist. He was, like, paving the way for Jesus to come or whatever. I don't know, I thought that was funny. It kind of makes sense why it has to be Ed Sheeran as the guy to kind of get this started because... If the Beatles music did come out today, mm-hmm. would it be seen as kind of like the folksy rock that Ed Sheeran does? Yeah, you, yeah, you kind of mentioned that before. I think that's fair to assume, but it's just hard because we just have no idea. Obviously, yeah, the Beatles music already exists before. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see that maybe happening, just in terms of the type of music. Ed Sheeran is moving a little more towards just like mainstream, like pop type, but like he's still his very his he's still his very own artist. Um, but like you said, the Beatles did different genres and kind of changed. So I think they could still be successful today. Yeah. Um, I was a bit weird that the Rolling Stones, they say, existed. I don't know. Like I said, I, when, when they kept introducing like things that didn't <laughs> exist, I just kind of accepted it and moved on because I knew yeah. like, if I start thinking about it too much, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. Um, so, yeah. but That's a fair point. I like this movie a lot, though. Like so, I, yeah. I was really hoping... like This is exactly what I wanted. It was different and really enjoyable very like feel good but it was very funny in some parts too um the acting was really good i i like the beatles music a lot i i actually like when people cover the beatles songs a lot though i'm not like the biggest beatles fan ever but um so hearing the different songs coming from a different musician was cool too so yeah the beatles songs never felt like they threw them in there at some point no, they all felt right. natural they, yeah mm-hmm. all of them and they didn't used... play a million of yep, them either like, all of them well, some Apparently, this movie had a budget of twenty six million. It cost ten million to get the rights. Yeah, and I can, I can, I can believe that. But. Like, well, all the songs. I this was a similar thing I had with Rocket Man. They were used in the right places based mm-hmm. on how the movie was going. Yeah, I agree with that. They're not just jamming songs in there like it's Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. Where the soundtrack feels like you're just scrolling on a radio. Exactly. Yeah. 
But yeah, I also really liked this movie. It was just a really nice way to go to the theater, have a good time. Mm-hmm. And, like, you can just enjoy what what story they're telling. Very good premise. I like how they didn't, didn't try to be too lazy with it. They mm-hmm. actually went... They took some efforts into changing up basic rom-com cliches. I also, I also like that you don't have to be a Beatles fan to go to this movie. I think that... Because I feel like with some... When they do, like... Maybe not even, like, biopics, but when they do... Um, like premises that are kind of based on like musicians if you're not like a fan or like don't really know that much about like the band or whatever it's kind of hard for you to like get fully into the movie and I feel like it helps obviously if you're like familiar with the Beatles but I think it's more about knowing what they kind of did for music and like their messages that is more important um so yeah I like that aspect yeah this is fully a tribute this is not Mm, yeah a biopic this is they have some small lines that if you're a hardcore fan you will get mm-hmm. based on the Beatles but if you're just like a regular person you can enjoy the movie and really enjoy the music yeah um, and then yeah I mean after we saw this movie we just kept talking about different Beatles songs we liked and everything so yeah and so I think we both have a top five yeah we can w- go through them as I, I guess. after I watched it I just kept think I just kept listening to Beatles songs and I was like I, I was trying to figure out like which ones I actually like really like and it was hard because I like a lot of so. Yesterday was really stuck in my head. Yeah, and especially after that main performance of it, when he's just with the acoustic that, guitar, I think yeah. that's the best way. Like, it also, that be. was the best cover in the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, the yesterday. And um, I didn't know this, but I looked it up. Yesterday's the most covered song in history. Yeah. And well, that's, that's based crazy. on like registered artists, like big time artists, mm-hmm. like YouTube covers like, don't really count. Covers, yeah. But yeah, it's most only over two thousand. So I thought that was cool because I really love yesterday. It's it's in my top five, but. Uh, you can start with yours. You can go five uh, to one. So for five, I have Hard Day's Night, which the main reason why that's in my top five is because I had Beatles Rock Band when I was a kid, and that was like my favorite song to play on there, and it was just fun, like playing the guitar and everything. I don't know. It's just nostalgic for me. Um, I like Blackbird, too. That's a uh, The Beatles songs, besides like the Hard Day's Night one, I like the more um, like slower, like acoustic ones. Um, so Blackbird is really good, very iconic. I remember I knew the lyrics to that even when I was younger. I didn't even know it was a Beatles song. Um, Let It Be, which is very iconic. As I get older, I like that song even more. Um, I like the story behind it, too, with like Paul McCartney and him having a dream and everything. That's really cool. Um, Yesterday is my number two, just as we just talked about. And then In My Life is my favorite one. And I was really glad that was kind of an important point in the story because that's the song that he sings on um, uh, on the radio, on the Little, little like local news thing and that's what Ed Sheeran discovers him by and also Ed Sheeran does have a cover in my life on YouTube and it's um it's at some sort of event I don't remember what it's at but John or not John Lennon Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are like in the audience when he's playing it and I can't I can't even imagine trying it was really good but I, the nerves in that room were would have been ridiculous so that's a good list I, mine's a bit different I think I have two of the same Oh, okay. My number five would be back in the USSR. I just like the whole upbeat feel yeah. of that compared to like what it's about. Uh-huh. Four is uh, Here Comes the Sun. It's my favorite song from the Abbey Road album. Oh, okay. It's a very uplifting song. Yeah. I just think of the B movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really bad. I don't think that's how the Beatles would be remembered, <laughs> but that's just my yeah. 21st century mind. Most of my top five is Paul McCartney written ones. Oh, okay. I think that's because he's my favorite Beatle. Indir- like, I'm just thinking about that. Three, I have uh, Let It Be, similar reasons that you have... Uh, two also I have yesterday. Yesterday was probably like my favorite overall in terms of like how it was written mm-hmm. and the story behind yeah. that one. And number one is um Hey Jude. Oh right. It's just a song I, I just can listen to anytime. Yeah. It was like so 
it's funny because there's like so few different words in the song. It's like very simply written, but like I love like it's it's like its own story as mm-hmm. it builds up through it. I mean, hey dude is our hey dude, hey dude. Yeah. yeah, as an important point in the movie with him releasing the song. Ed Sheeran thinks yeah. It's hey. kind of the, the modern like take on it, and Ed Sheeran's like, no, no, no. I think it should be called Hey Dude. No one's named Jude anymore. Sense, yeah, no one's named Jude. Um, oh yeah, really quick. We didn't we didn't talk about um, was it what's with Banks, her character. Is it it's Kate. Things? I think Kate. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon the ma- his manager. His his manager. It's played by. She's Kate so over the top and like yep. just awful. Like wants to just take all the money out of you, like studio executive. But I like loved it. I think it worked really well, like in the movie, because there wasn't really a character like that. Everyone seemed very realistic and like grounded, and they just had this one character that's so like. I mean, I'm sure there are people like that, but some of the lines that she had, they, they had were really funny. So, yeah, I thought she was a really good comedic character yeah. in the movie. All right, so, yeah, I definitely love the movie. I'd give it, like, if I had to give it a score, like an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Very I'd enjoyable. Probably the same. Give it an 8.2. I'm one, one, sorry, of the, but one of my favorite horror movies we've seen so far. Yeah, so. probably would make my top 10 based on what's still Hopefully, left yeah, coming out. I just out. realized that, it, I mean, we're halfway down to 2019, That's crazy. crazy. The summer's been kind of weak for movies. Yeah. Overall, I would, yeah, it's I was, been very top heavy. I was, I'd I was say. reading the the box office for the summer is like one of the lowest it's ever been, it's which very, is insane because Avengers yeah. Endgame is poss- quite possibly going to be the biggest movie ever released. So, yeah. Um, you wanted to talk about some questions? You so got on yeah, Instagram? it's a little experiment. We I asked for some questions. We got a couple nice ones we can discuss about movie and TV because, you know, it's important like not just talk about what we personally like. Mm-hmm. It's important like. Because other people, a lot, everyone has opinions about movies. Everyone's yeah. a movie critic. We just happen to be able to talk about it <laughs> over a platform. Yeah. We'll just do like really quick. Just a few questions here. Um, this one from Cedric Frostler. Frostler, I'm probably butchering your last name. Sorry, Cedric. What is your opinion <laughs> on Your Name, uh, the 2016 um, animated anime film from Japan? It's a movie I haven't seen, and you haven't seen either. I haven't seen it either. I, um, I know it's, it made a lot of money in Japan, and not just because it's like Pacific Rim or something and it's just giant robots. Like it's a very, very well written emotional story. I, I I'm I've never really watched anime, but I wanna try to watch more Studio Ghibli films, that's who made your name because it seems like their track record has been that of like Pixar in terms of the quality of stuff they put out, so Yeah, that man like Miyazaki, I've never seen Spirited Away. I probably definitely should. Yeah. Based on how it's talked about. Yeah, made over three hundred million at the box office in twenty sixteen. Yeah, your wow. name made over three hundred million. Ninety-seven percent Rotten Tomatoes. We got very great. It's got great reviews. Um, I've heard the soundtrack is actually really uh, like amazing. It got nominated for I think I got, actually got nominated for Academy Award. Oh, didn't win, anime. but I think it did. Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, we've never seen it. Um, Maybe we could do a review of that. Yeah, de- definitely sounds good based on what I've seen. All right. So I got one now from um, Caleb Chamberlain. What do you guys think of the new Spider-Man movie? Will it be good? Will it be bad? Will it kind of be average? Tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to see it. I don't know if we'll ever review right after. It depends on what time we see it, probably. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be good. Um, I haven't really... I've tried to stay away from, like, stuff about the movie because I don't really want to know anything. But um, I think, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming is really solid. We talked about this a little bit on a previous podcast, but... um, Spider-Man Homecoming is really solid. I think in the wake of Endgame, there's a lot you can do with the plot, and then Jake Hall is a great actor, and I think could be a really good villain. Mysterio is really interesting. I'm curious to see how they kind of deal with his character just based on all the stuff with him being a liar and 
what's actually going to be true and kind of what's the next step for the MCU. So Jake Gyllenhaal is kind of the actor where you don't really know exactly what he's thinking. It's really yeah. good casting for what they're yeah, trying to do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he just has kind of like a face where it's like it's like pleasant on the outside, but you can like uh-huh. see a you dark can, like, side. See, of, uh, you could see him plot. That's something. like in Zodiac, how he's like very. I mean, he's like this really nice like cartoonist or whatever, but you can see like the obsession like growing yeah. inside him and everything. Oh, so. Like Nightcrawler does some like really fucked up shit. I, I love that movie, dude. It's so good. You're so, hey, well, you're see, a, you're see, the Jake Gyllenhaal. I know, but Nightcrawler is really underrated. See Nightcrawler if you haven't. Um, yeah, no, I'm optimistic. I think it's gonna be good. Um, I think it'll be. Probably, like, upper-tier Marvel films, but we'll have to wait and see. All right, I have one here. Um, what is your favorite movie that you've seen this year? That's from this Nate, year. Nate Schluck, Nathan Schlucker, yeah. That you've seen this year. Um, Let's see. It's so easy to say Endgame. Yeah, I kind of don't want to say Endgame, though. It, that movie, it's more of an event than a movie, I think. Yeah. In um, terms of overall quality of a movie, I'd probably say Rocket Man. Rockman, yeah, because it is early. Oscar season me. doesn't come out. One spot time in Hollywood's coming out in two and a half weeks. I'm trying to. Wait for I'm that. trying to stay like. We'll see about that movie. I mean, hopefully it's good, but I don't want to like. One spot time in Hollywood. I know. I mean, yeah, it's probably gonna be good. I just I'm trying not to like raise my expectations. Like, yeah. So much. Um, I'm excited for it though. Um, I like yesterday a lot, but yeah, I think Rocketman might be one of my favorites so far. I mean, I I feel like the movies I've seen have just been like. Like fine, it's but been not a lot like of fun. Um, we saw Child's Play last weekend. Child's that was, that was a really good time, but obviously not my not my favorite. No, like John um, Wick, not best movie I've seen this year. Even though it was good, not the best I've seen yesterday. And a lot of like just passable decent movies. Yeah, and that's probably why you can say the summer's been so down overall. Right. Nothing's really good enough or bad enough to really. So get yeah, I mean, those. I guess Endgame, but Rocket Man in terms of quality, quality as like a really, singular film, really good, yeah. really good. Film. I'm sure we'll get more over the next half of the year. Hopefully, dude. This is, that's actually a good thing. I don't want that to be the best movie I see. No, year, I do not either. All right, so our last question here. Tyler Ashman, do you guys think they should end Family Guy and The Simpsons? They've both been going on 20 years. Um, I think, okay, I think those are kind of in their own categories. Like, I feel like The Simpsons is so just iconic, and maybe it should end. It's hard. I feel like, I feel like The Simpsons hasn't been, like, funny in like a long time I yeah it hasn't been funny in a while so what like they kind of missed their good point to cut to, it off to end yeah it's I become mean, like it's reputation now like with kids growing up like they probably don't even remember yeah that like the funny parts because it's going on for so long I feel long. like we're a little bit too young because the people we are a little bit older than us are like the ones that kind of watched it when they kind of first started to be a teenager and that's when like they understood like the cleverness of the writing and everything um I don't know I feel like it should end, but also kind of like you said, maybe they should just keep going because they didn't end it earlier. It's it's gone on so long at this point. They kind of passed their point of like ending it correctly. Um, or even I, like a little But I feel late. like Family Guy is kind of its own thing. I think Family Guy is funny. I understand why a lot of people don't. Sometimes they go over, too over the top with the humor, but I feel like there's always going to be stuff they can like write about. Um, I haven't like, I'm not like a super diehard fan. No. I haven't keeping no, up with them at all. But, um, they at one point they did a, a storyline with like Brian like dying they, they and, then, tr- and then Seth MacFarlane wants to be done he doesn't want to do it and then they brought him back yeah he, he's moving on to a project it's just so the, popular like that, yeah it's so popular at this point yeah it's weird because Family Guy is still really popular The Simpsons I really don't feel like it is it's just kind of coasting I feel like it's still popular it's just not a, not, not like everyone knows The much. Simpsons what it is yeah I feel like most like people like around like 25 mm-hmm. and younger don't really connect 
can't really name can't, like specific yeah, episodes right. or moments. I just feel like they're in their own category. I think The Simpsons is That's by a good point. far a better and more relevant and iconic show. But I feel like maybe they should both end, but maybe not. Like a show like The Walking Dead that's been going on a while. Yeah, I mean, that's been going on for too long. But Even though that's your dad's favorite, like, his not show. Not favorite well, show. It's not his favorite. It's a show he's, he, he, I mean, he's, he's watched he's, from he's beginning watched to end. He's but um, just kind of something for him to do, I guess. But Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe they should move on. Maybe the creators have more ideas and can do different things. But I mean, they clearly have. Yeah, they I'm, made future I'm not going to get mad if they keep going, I guess, is my point. So. It's just, yeah. It's gone on so long that I don't think anyone cares if it's going or not. Yeah, that's so. That's our movie anatomy review. Zach, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. <laughs> thanks, dude. Uh, I like the new mic and everything. Uh, I'm excited to do a review Spider Man tomorrow. Yeah, so our, our review of Spider Man. Um, we're gonna do a quick. We'll do a non-spoiler start off, and then we'll get into spoilers because obviously it's that'll be the first day it's out tomorrow. I'm sure plenty of people are gonna see it before the Swipe weekend, or maybe probably after because a lot of people will be out of town. So we can't talk about how Iron Man dies in the first half of the podcast. <laughs> Wait, Iron Man. Yeah, I mean... How is that a spoiler they're, they're, for Spider-Man, though? They reveal it in the trailer. Because it happened in Endgame. If you haven't seen Endgame at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, either you just don't care, or you're, you just want to know spoilers because you haven't seen it. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Until next time. Signing off, I guess. See ya. Go watch